And folks have to tune in next time to hear the explanations of these. But we'll start with Zip. Do not, do not, do not edit this episode like that. That would be terrible. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 89, recorded on August 9th, 2022. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we talk about the upcoming features that you can look forward to in C++23. Not much. I am still in Arizona. My audio is going to be terrible today because um, I don't have the Yeti. That's all right. But but did we- I send you this picture? I don't think I sent you this picture. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to include in the show notes of the last episode the picture of Looney. Yeah. Oh, I got better pictures of the dog. Too. I didn't do that. I apologize to the listener if you were really hanging on for that. Good. Go check out your Twitter. I took this picture. I'm very impressed with myself. Wow. Look at that. Folks, I'm staring at what looks like a ram, a bighorn sheep. A bighorn sheep? I mean, for all we know, folks, those are the same thing in front of the Grand Canyon. Quite yeah. epic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Looks uh, like the sheep posed. Looks like it knew. Yeah. Uh, well, the dog. Uh, I, I thought the dog was going to get into a confrontation with the sheep. But uh, the dog looked at the sheep, growled a little bit. The sheep did nothing. and uh, And the dog is like, yeah, you know, you seem pretty docile and also bigger than me. <laughs> so I'm just going to chill out. I promise the listener when I tweet out the episode 90, which is what this is, we're recording right now, I will tweet this photo of said bighorn sheep and the Grand Canyon. And the dog. Yeah. Before we get to, before we get to hop into the episode, we got to make some announcements. Announcement announcement number one, Kate Gregory is not with us today. She probably will be featured on episodes 92, 93, maybe 94. We'll see how long we record for. We are setting up a recording with her in the next couple weeks. So she will be our next guest. We mentioned that in the previous podcast that we were going to bring on, potentially Kate. It's going to happen. We're making it happen. That's announcement number one. Announcement number two, if you are in Toronto, Canada on September 1st and you feel like learning something about array languages and APL or you already love APL and you'd want to come to a meetup, there's going to be an in-person meetup held uh, in downtown Toronto, exact location to be determined from six to eight and a social afterwards somewhere else. And announcement number three, and you can find the links for that in the show notes. They're being hosted on Meetup. Announcement number three, if you are in New York, New York, America, on September 7th, uh, same deal, interested in array languages or array language curious or already love APL and array languages, there will be a very similar Meetup, but hosted somewhere in New York, a lack, exact location to be determined. Check the show notes for that Meetup event as well. But I won't be in New York, New York on September 7th. Yeah, no. That's unfortunate. Will you be in New York, New York on September 7th? I will be in New York from September 7th to September 9th. What the heck, man? I mean, didn't we? Didn't this come up? Maybe, no. Maybe it was off air when I mentioned it. 
uh, I think it was off air. Uh, maybe when we were talking with, I can't remember who we were talking. Maybe Tony was there. Anyway, you can't so maybe, move your schedule around a week. Uh, no, it's not based. I'm not the one hosting it. Uh, Morton Kromberg, who is the CTO of Dialogue Limited. Give me company. his phone number. I'll call him up and explain the situation to him. I mean, the meetups, the meetups are already under underway. So you'll have to wait till till. You should stay. You should stay up. until the 11th. Because wait, wait, when do I fly back? I already booked my tickets. It's too late. Change your tickets. You know that's a lot of work. It was just a. It was a lot of work just for me to get on the website and to book. Don't them. you want to see me, bro? I do, but we just saw each other in uh, yeah. in July, and um, potentially I'll be back in New York. My parents might be visiting at some point, and so I said I might swing down if they are. Anyways, I literally get I I, I arrive on the tenth. If you stayed one more day, we could hang out. Really? Well, you should have told me that because. Uh, I definitely would have just flown back on Saturday or Sunday if that was the case. Just, just, change, just, change, just change your flight. I do just think change. actually there is a 24-hour policy that you're allowed to cancel. I'm not yes. sure if you're allowed to modify, yes. but I'll look into it because I did book them just like earlier this morning. Um, all right, folks. Maybe we will be recording in person from New York. You should stay until Sunday. You can crash on my couch, which is very comfortable. Hmm. The problem is now is that I didn't plan on bringing – carry on i was just gonna bring a backpack four days though do you now you can you can you can do laundry that's true that's true now we're getting into like details that the listener (laughs) definitely doesn't care about whether will connor do laundry (laughs) or bring carry on to new york in order to hang out all right when do you fly back in on um saturday i will be there um hang on let me make sure that the time zones are correct I feel like there was a reason I flew back on Friday. I think there's a 10K race I was going to run on Saturday, but it's all right. I haven't signed up yet, so I'll blow that race off for you. Don't worry, buddy. Good. My fitness is being affected by our friendship, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I get back in on Saturday at – I will arrive at 6 a.m. Perfect. So we got all two days together. Yeah. So, and I've been to New York uh, once, twice. Really? Just – wow. Just once or twice. I mean, I had ne- I had held off on going to New York for the longest time because back when I wanted to be a quant bef- while I was becoming an actuary, I thought for sure that there was going to be a year or two period of my life where I was going to end up working there. So it was never at the top of my list of places I wanted to visit, even though I definitely wanted to go there because I just figured at some point I'll end up working there, which never came to fruition. And now that I've worked in tech where you don't have to be in front of your desk between the hours of 9.30 and 4, which is what basically all quant or trader jobs, like there are some quant shops that are like back-end people that they don't require you to there. But in general, if you work for an HFT company or a finance company, like they require you to be in front of your desk when um, the stock markets, you know, NASDAQ and NYC, et cetera, the American ones are open. Yeah. Uh, and that's just like once you've worked a flexible job at a tech company where you can, as long as you get your work done and you're there for meetings, um, if you want to go to the gym or go for a walk, like in the middle of the day, I can't, I can't, I can't go back from that. Like I've, I need to be able to get up from my desk and like do a little bit of exercise to get the blood flowing and, you know, brain working a little bit better. Um, anyways, point is that was a long winded monologue. Never ended up living in New York. That's why I've only been there a couple of times, but I've, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. Not a big fan of New York. Uh, cause it smells like garbage, but apparently Bryce that, says, this I just, is I, untrue. It's not, you admitted on air. That it is true that it does smell like it garbage. It doesn't smell like garbage if you don't if you if you adapt to the smell, then <laughs> it doesn't actually smell like that. It smells like nothing. So if you also, live there long it, enough it so that you don't smell notice like garbage it. in my neighborhood. Yes, there are certain neighborhoods, especially closer to the water 
I don't know what you call that. Uh, but um, the good parts of town. Yeah. So, anyways, I'll be there. New, uh, Bryce will show me the New York that I haven't seen that will supposedly make me fall in love with it. And uh, and and no, uh, I mean, I, I do like New York. I've always enjoyed visiting New York. I just have like people talk about it as like you know the best city in the world, and it's like well, it is. there's no there's no city that compares to it. The feel, the vibe, the energy, everyone's going places, doing you're things. Saying and I'm like, you're saying you're just saying <laughs> truths, and like I just didn't get that vibe. And like even when I went to Central Park, it was so crazy busy. I mean, maybe I was there in the summer, which is the wrong time to go. I was there in like July, the last time I went. But I was just like, this is not like a break from the city. This is just like moving all the people in the buildings to people in the park. And like we wanted, uh, I can't remember, can't remember exactly, but uh, we wanted to do this like uh, paddle boat thing in one of the ponds there. And there was like, there was like a 200 person lineup for a paddle boat. Like, well, what? yeah, if you, if you go try to do the touristy things, there's going to be a line, man. Anyways, enough about New York. Yeah. For those of you in town, September 7th, uh, well, look, we, Got a little bit of a vacuum in the background. Someone vacuuming the hallway. <laughs> I cannot record on August 20th because I will be in Scotland. Gotcha. So if Kate Gregory's listening to this, I mean, it'll come up probably after she responds to the email, but that was tentatively when we were going to record. Anyways, what are we talking about today? Post announcements. What are we talking about today? I mean, I've got a couple topics. If we want to do a combinatory logic part two. Although I'm not sure, I, I mean, I'm obviously I could probably end up rambling on, um, but that's not super topical. Yeah, I don't have topics. It's really hot here. In my defense, in my defense, <laughs> it's really it's like 105 degrees here. Um, what can we talk about? I don't think we've recorded since C plus plus 23 was finalized. So. A few people have written blog articles about um, all the features in C++23. Maybe we could go read one of those blog articles and uh, and talk about some of those features that we're excited about. Um, I don't know if we've done an episode like that before. All right. That'll be a good one. C++23. So let us find... We'll see who finds the better article. C plus plus twenty three features blog. Um, I thought Quarantine or somebody wrote one. Tools. We want this to be released in the last past month. Probably, yeah, yeah. That's that. Yes, yeah. There is one from Jean Heed Manid. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Oh, that's C twenty three. That's C twenty three. We should do that. We should do that after we do C++, but yeah, we should do that because there's a lot of exciting stuff going into um, into C23. Oh, yeah. I'll also include in the show notes. We won't go over it, but there was, since CPP North has happened, there's been a couple blog blog posts. The one most recently that I read, I think, was Teamers, um, which was great. I think there was a p- couple people upset when they read it and discovered that there was maple tarts and they didn't get any maple tarts on like the first day. They were like, what? There was maple tarts? Yeah, I, I, I didn't get maple tart, tarts either. I saw them on the first day, but I was like, diet, so I shouldn't have any. And I was like, I'm sure they'll have them the next day. But then there were no maple tarts. I was really upset. I want there will be maple, maple tarts. tarts every day next year. Don't worry. I'll talk to the okay. organizers. C++23, um, who did you say wrote one? Quarantine? Maybe I'm just thinking of the, uh, of the, of the C23 blog article. I mean, was there, a, was there a Reddit that, post? 
Maybe it was a Twitter thread. Maybe it was a Twitter thread. Could have been a Twitter thread. But see, see, this is one of the problems with C++ is that C++ is like not searchable anywhere because search engines don't really recognize the pluses. Interesting. I just literally went to Reddit and then on one of my Reddit's subreddits, APL, is a Reddit post for my meetup that I set up that I did not post. That was odd. I was like, I didn't post on Reddit. Oh, okay. I found it. It's a, it's Cybrand um, did a thread. Um, they said, I'm writing a talk on what's new in C++23. So while I'm doing that, here's a thread of new features. And uh, we will go through that. I'm going to send you a link so that we can, we can read I'm through it. I'm literally on their Twitter profile scrolling down. They tweet quite a bit. They do uh, tweet quite a bit. Cats. Oh, these are some beautiful. That's a retweet. Yeah, size size cats. Oh my god, yeah, I um, I love those cats. Yeah, I just so, sent you the tweet because I'm like, I sent you the tweet. I'm back to August fifth, and I missed it somehow. I think. Share a tweet. All right, you start and comment on thoughts. So the first exciting thing that I see in this. Uh, in Wait, this we're not going to go order that they posted. No, or we're going to go in, in the order that they posted, but the order of like exciting things. <laughs> so not in the order. It's going to be a, 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 a ranges views filter on the sequence of things that Cy posted, but filtered for the ones that Bryce thinks is interesting, correct? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So the first one is um, uh, if const val. Um, and that lets you branch inside of a const expert function uh, based on whether or not uh, that function is being evaluated at compile time or at runtime. Now, you might think that you could do this in earlier C++ by doing, like, if const expert um, std is constant evaluated. But that's actually a huge anti-pattern because um, if you do an if const expert, the condition that it's going to evaluate is always going to be evaluated at um, uh, compile time and so is constant evaluated if evaluated at compile time is going to return true so if you write if const expert std is uh, constant evaluated that's going to always be true so instead you had to write like if is constant evaluated and then else but the problem with doing that um, is that you didn't get those nice um, if const expert semantics where it wouldn't like instantiate the branch that wasn't taken. Um, now with if const val, you don't have that, that problem. All right. You, uh, you get to go next. Yeah. I'll also link in the show notes, uh, Jason Turner, co-host of CPP cast rest in peace and also owner of the C++ Weekly YouTube channel, did several months ago, I don't know, sometime in the past, a video on const expert versus const eval versus std colon colon is constant evaluated. And it's just, I think it's a short five to 10 minute video that goes through all the different cases and when you want to use each. So that's a great reference if you'd like to learn more about what Bryce just talked about. Moving on, and just for the listener, just in case you're curious, the two features that's I, or should we mention them? I won't even mention them. I'll just say that Bryce skipped two features. I will skip zero features from the third feature that Bryce just read. And uh, it is deducing this. 
which according to Sai lets you deduce the CV ref qualifiers of a member function. This has a ton of implications, not all of which I understand. And there are two talks, or is it one talk that's been given twice? It's one talk that's been given twice by Ben Dean that uh, I think there's also other folks that have given talks about this. And I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm missing if there's, because um, I know, I want to say Ben gave two talks recently, and one of them was a co-talk. He had a co-presenter. But anyways, I might be messing this up. All the links will be in the show notes. He gave the talk once at the C++ North Denver user group meeting. Then he gave the same talk, I believe, at CppCon 2021. And yes, we will leave links in the show notes to that. Uh, I think the example, the first example is what you expect to see in Python and Rust, which is where they have the sort of self parameter. Uh, the second one lets you basically, uh, it's showing that you no longer need to use the Y combinator for recursive lambdas because you can call your first parameter this auto self and then reference self as the name of the lambda, I believe. You know, I could be messing all this up. Who knows? And what's the third example? Turns out that this is also a replacement for the CRTP, aka the curiously recurring template pattern, um, which I have actually never used in anger, but... Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Surprised yeah. you that. I mean, I know that it gets used in um, Rapids, the team that I used to work on at NVIDIA, but and it gets used in a ton of different places, but I never have been the implementer of said pattern anywhere. And I know that this is only a list of like three things, that you can do with deducing this. So it's like this really awesome small feature that enables a bunch of um, cool patterns and simplifies a lot of code. Anything I feel like I, I write. I feel like I write a lot of CRTP because it's a pretty simple and zero overhead way to uh, uh, to do like mixins. Um, and uh, so yeah, I feel like that's a pretty common, pretty common thing for me to write. Like I, I have some functionality that I don't want to just like duplicate the code. Um, across like three different things. Um, and so I just implement a CRTP based class um, and then, you know, the three uh, uh, derived classes. Yeah. There's actually a part two to this, deducing this, which reads, this feature also solves a currently unsolvable problem regarding Sfine unfriendly callables being passed to const overloaded member functions. You can read the paper for more details at not going to read that URL out. Check out the show notes if you'd like to read that paper. It would just be, uh, hang on, let me get the paper number. It would just be wg21.link uh, slash p087r7. Yeah. It was not loading the number for me. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to skip over. over. To, back over to Bryce. Yeah. It's going to skip how many? One? No. Two, three. Two, three. Stack trace library. Um, I think this is actually a pretty cool one. It's one of the, the library features that I'm more excited about. Um, so we've added a functionality to the standard library um, for uh, capturing stack traces and enumerating stack traces. Um, and, uh, you know, this is pretty useful for debugging, uh, for producing error messages. Um, this, I think, is like the perfect example of uh, something that we should standardize because 
it is something that is uh, very platform specific. There's like going to be a different way to do this on every platform. Um, and so if you want to do this yourself in your own code, then like you have to, you know, write, uh, write some code for you know, three or four different platforms. Um, and so this is a perfect example of the standard library, uh, uh, you know, enca encapsulating platform specific differences and providing a portable interface. Um, and this is something that also, you know, needs some amount of language support and that's deeply coupled to the compiler and the implementation and the platform. Um, so it's sort of non-trivial to do this in a third-party library. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great little library. There's some work um, for future standards to uh, uh, um, add support to make it easy for exceptions to sort of automatically or on request capture a stack trace um, so that when you get an exception you can just like get get a stack trace from where that exception was thrown um, that's not going into c plus plus 23 but hopefully it'll go into c plus plus 26 pretty exciting i'm up all right um i'm gonna skip uh std colon colon is scoped enum enum I'll read what it says anyways. That doesn't count me covering it though. <laughs> Type trait for getting whether an entity is a scoped enumerator or not. Uh, pretty straightforward. Stood basic string contains just a member function that does what it sounds like, which is a pretty nice utility function because previously you have to do, uh, you know, the does not equal, you know, pass the last element iterator or the stood colon colon NPOS or whatever that thing is, stood colon colon string colon colon NPOS. I can never remember. Uh, stood colon colon to underlying, going to skip that. Ranges algorithms starts with and ends with, which are just really nice things. We should just do all the ranges algorithms right now. All right. that's I was kind of skipping these because I specifically wanted to get to size. I, I was I sort I, of hoping that you would do uh, contain so that I could go and steal the ranges algorithms from you. This tweet from Psy, uh, stood colon colon ranges colon colon. And these, I believe, all views. So uh, the stood, I'm actually surprised. I don't, I think that these are, yeah, that's actually incorrect. The text of the uh, subtweet yeah. is incorrect. It should be either stood colon colon views colon colon, and yeah. then the names of the views, or stood colon colon ranges colon colon views. The stood colon colon views is a uh, shortcut for stood colon colon ranges colon colon views. Or yeah. Are a bad idea in the standard library and i wish we'd not done that i but. mean most of the times in my code examples i just go use or namespace rv equals stood yeah. colon colon ranges but colon colon views let's let's talk about why nested namespaces are um uh, all right small awful. digression why nested namespaces are bad go because they um they have a lot of overhead in terms of real estate like, let's say that instead of calling these things um, std colon colon views colon colon zip, we just called it std colon colon zip underbar view. You know, the that's one less character because every time you introduce a nested namespace, you've got uh, uh, two colons. Um, but I think it's worse than that because these things tend to be, um, you know, a prefix um, that we put in front of a lot of things. 
And so you really want it to be as short as possible. Um, you know, you talk to most people about like, what's the ideal namespace length? Um, usually you hear like three or four or five and like, don't, don't make your top level namespace more than five characters. Cause that's just, that's just long. Um, but so, so if, if, if our general guidance for, for prefixes is that we want to keep, uh, keep them to be like, keep the namespace names to be like three or four or five, um, uh, characters. Um, as soon as you go to one level of nested namespace, you're you're just immediately adding a ton of overhead because now you've got four colons instead of just two colons here, um, and then you just end up with super verbose names. Um, so I think that uh, that oftentimes we we use uh, nested namespaces as a way to try to let us use the the better name in the inner namespace, um, but like it would have been way better if we just called it like stood colon colon zip underbar v like that would have been a way better world than making people type stood colon colon views colon colon zip well i mean um, i mean well my first thought is that you can't call it underscore v because that's already has semantics attached to it um for okay. the underscore underscore vw uh I mean, I, I definitely agree that the tax of a double colon and a namespace is not ergonomic at all. It's, it, it hurts my soul. That being said, I'm not necessarily sure I like underscore VW or underscore something better because I can just do my name. What are they? What are, they are they namespace aliases? Is that the a standard yes. term for it? Namespace aliases, where you just go namespace, insert your shortcut, if, if RV we, equals, you know, and then your stood colon colon, ranges colon colon, views, semicolon. If we would just introduce the namespace aliases, like if we would just make std v a standard alias for std colon colon views, that'd be great, but we're not going to do that for a variety of reasons. Um, I mean, it is technically a reserved uh I don't remember. I think we did reserve stood and followed by any characters, but we might have reserved stood followed by numbers. Um, anyways, let's talk about what new ranges things we put into C yeah, yeah. twenty. So I think we can agree. We can agree that stood colon colon ranges colon colon views colon colon insert the name of your view is awful. Yeah. And there is a better solution out there. What it is, I'm sure we could bike shed on. But yeah, it is. I. I mean, there's. I don't think. I would be very surprised. I would I would be willing to bet a very significant sum of money that the majority of people do not actually type out stood colon colon ranges colon colon views colon colon yes, when actually time, yeah. using views for every view. I, like there's there's probably I, I no guess, way that's happening. I guess my point at the end of the day is that like if the ideal namespace name is three characters long, which I do think that's true for top level namespaces, then it's really unfortunate that like two like if you're using that namespace two-fifths of what you're typing is noise like you have three letters of meaning the namespace name and then and then two characters of colon colon yeah it would have been great if we could have found a way to have a single character um uh namespace uh, uh separator yeah I, I definitely agree with that um anyways digression over Maybe we'll talk about it again in a future episode. Yeah. The 
views that Cy mentions are zip, zip underscore transform, adjacent, and adjacent transforms. Um, that is actually not a comprehensive set of all of the views. They probably mention them uh, later uh, uh, because they were the one that originally wrote Cartesian product. Oh yeah, they're all they're all mentioned here. No, they they didn't actually mention Cartesian product. The yeah. thing that they worked on. Cartesian product. Oh yeah, so chunk and slide and chunk by get mentioned later on. Join with as well and ranges too. That's ranges colon colon t o, not t o o and not t w o, not to the numeric two. You should explain what these things do. So yeah, let's go by them. Let's go through them. So. Oh yeah, we're at the we're at about the thirty minute mark. Uh, I might cut the episode off. Boom, right here. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and have a great day.